The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. May is Masturbation Month. I think I've been saying this now for, what, 20 years uh, in the month of May. So May is Masturbation Month. We'll talk about that a little bit, a new app that can help you out. Uh, We'll talk about does viewing porn corrupt teens? And uh, apparently the number of Americans identifying as bisexual has tripled in the last decade. What's going on there? We'll check out the, uh, the stats on that in the studies. Another And another new study showing uh, how often boys pressure girls to send them nude photos. Talk about that. And much more going on in the program. Plus, after 10.30, we'll play Dirty Minds and your chance to win a one-month unlimited pass to 360 Punch. And um, by the way, for m- all moms out there, uh, tomorrow and Sunday's class is free all day for you moms. So check it out. They are on the West Island, 360punch.com. Uh, all right, but first I want to get to... Let's take a look at the inbox. Make a connection anytime at 514-800. Don't forget, you can also send me your questions anytime to laurie at drlaurie.com. So first I want to share a lovely, lovely email I got from Craig. Hello, Dr. Lori. Just wanted to say hello and tell you how much I enjoy your show, uh, Passion. There's so much I could talk to you about as I try and catch your show as often as possible. I work shift and my job allows me opportunity to listen in my work truck. My significant other and I are usually asleep before 10 when I'm off days off, so I will catch you the next day on the cloud service, which is wonderful because you can catch all the shows you missed uh, through a podcast. Uh, My significant other is in her uh, early 50s while I'm seven years her senior. The advice you have given about women going through menopause has helped me understand more what is going on. I'm not perfect, but I always try and expand my horizons. I appreciate all your episodes. The show you had some weeks back with John Paul and his crew was great. I realize it was a bit joking going on, but nice to hear what other uh, people have to say. You mentioned about going to see a male-female combined strip show. While you thought the idea was great, the men guests did not like the idea. I wouldn't mind going to uh, such a show. We could bring that up again. A male-female combined strip show or strip club. Uh, What do you think about that? Uh, you mentioned once how some people would say to you they just sort of accidentally caught your show on the radio, almost not admitting they listened to you. I hope I'm getting that right of your story. I would just like to say I'm a very faithful listener and as a shift worker can empathize with you and others keeping a relationship successful. I do not have a mobile phone or do texting, so I can send, send in comments during the show. Thank you again for your time for others. That was such a lovely email to get. Really, really lovely. Thank you so much. You, you have no idea how what it means to um to actually hear from people that you talk to every night that you have no idea who you're reaching and how you're helping and so every once in a while to get an email like this is so gratifying and and just so pleasant and warms my heart love it love it all right i want to get to a text from uh, that came in at the very last second last night which i didn't get to 
And we were talking about, um, last night's show was really fascinating, by the way. If you missed it, you can check it out on SoundCloud. Uh, and it was all about uh, consensual, non-monogamous relationships. So we were talking about swingers, what happens in a swingers club, what it looks like, what what are the different configurations of relationships, all that stuff. I mean, there was so much more I could have gone into detail with, but uh, alas, we only have uh, that one hour. So if you missed it, go check it out. It's also on my website, by the way, at drlaurie.com. So somebody texted in about that because we were talking about how if you know you're not monogamous, let's say you already know that you're the type of person that cannot be in a monogamous relationship, like that you would want a consensual non-monogamous relationship, then I was saying then it would be very important to say that upfront when you're starting to date or that you look for like-minded people through, whether it's through specific websites or swingers websites or whatever, to find a like-minded person rather than wait till you get, till the other person gets attached to you or, or you get attached and then spring it on them. Uh, which I don't think would be fair. So uh, this person writes, are you saying that if you're dating someone who fails to mention whether or not they are monogamous at the beginning of the relationship, it's unreasonable for you to assume that they are? I think it's... um I think that it's something that needs to be checked. When you look at the numbers, and we talked about the stats last night, that 12% of people consider consensual non-monogamous relationships to be their ideal type of relationship. So it's not like a, a, a huge number, but it's still significant enough that it's something that you would want to check out with a partner. Like, what are your beliefs on monogamy? You don't have to say specifically about the relationship you're in together, but if you find out what their values are and what they believe uh, about monogamy or open relationships, or how do you feel about consensual non-monogamy, then you get an idea of where they're at and if it matches your own values. But I think it's important. I think it's something that should absolutely be discussed early on. I'm not saying first date or anything, but certainly before before you get into a, a real uh, relationship, I guess. All right, this is a, a question that I got by email. I was wondering if a girl can have usual periods on, the to- on time if she is pregnant. So having a period and still being pregnant. Um, usually no, you, you don't get this usual period, uh, while pregnant, but that does not mean that a, a woman can't bleed from her vagina during a pregnancy. It can happen to have some bleeding that actually looks like a period, but it's different from a, a menstrual, uh, period. Bleeding can occur for a number of reasons in, um, in women who are, uh, pregnant. Some women can have a little bit of light bleeding or spotting at the beginning of a pregnancy. That's And oftentimes people mistake that for a period and they say, oh, I just had a really light period this month. Generally, this is not something uh, very serious, but some women bleed because they have an infection or they're having a miscarriage. Like if there's more than just spotting blood, uh, an ectopic pregnancy or, or some other serious issue with the pregnancy, if that's happening, then uh, the person would, would need to seek immediate attention, uh, especially if it, if it is a, a pregnancy. 
Uh, last question. Me and my significant other have hit a rock when it comes to having sex. I'm able to make her orgasm multiple times, but she has yet to make me climax, which she has become very upset about. This is a relatively new relationship, so we're still learning each other's bodies, but some advice would be great. I'm not sure if it has something to do with myself. I've thought about it, and I think that because I'm, un I, I'm uncircumcised, I'm much more sensitive, which may make some things uncomfortable. So I, I'm a little confused, a little bit confused about this, but... So just in general, it's not unusual for men to have trouble reaching a climax uh, in, in a new relationship. And I really, I highly doubt it has anything to do with being uh, circumcised or uncircumcised. So I'm not really sure about that connection that you're making. Uh, sometimes men have trouble because they're nervous, they're too focused on the orgasm, or they have some other... I don't know, internal conflict or, or some fear or anxiety, like getting somebody pregnant. Sometimes medications like antidepressants have a side effect, making it difficult to orgasm. Uh, same thing goes with the use of recreational drugs. So uh, the question I would ask is, do you have trouble achieving orgasm with masturbation or does it only happen with a partner? If it's only with a partner, then it's likely due to something psychological rather than something uh, physical could be a feeling, guilt, any, any of those, uh, possibilities, or it could be that you're so used to a form of uh, one form of sexual stimulation that it's not enough what your partner is, uh, providing for you. Coming up next, uh, does viewing porn corrupt teenagers? Great article by a colleague of mine that I want to share with you. safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Sex in the news tonight uh, on the program. So uh, in uh, psychology today, a colleague of mine, uh, Michael Castleman, who writes beautiful articles, wrote this and he did a... Um, like an analysis basically of all the, of a lot of the research out there when it, that has to do with teens watching pornography. And the headline was, does viewing porn corrupt teens? Um, and what he says, well, the, the conclusion is this, that today's teens, if you look at all the research when it comes to teens and sexuality, today's teens have actually become more sexually responsible. Believe it or not. So I want to read you uh, some of this because it gives it gives a synopsis of, uh, or at least a, a resume of the research that's been uh, done on that. So uh, clearly, you know, detractors insist that adolescents experience unwanted exposure to sexually explicit media, and they say that porn sexualizes young people too early. It ruins them for long-term relationships. It pushes young men towards sexism and sexual violence, but the studies show quite a different story, all right? Uh, adolescents aged 12 to 14 generally feel disgusted by sexually explicit media and actually quickly turn away from it. Even when they watch porn, unwanted exposure doesn't significantly harm them any more than unwanted exposure to cooking shows causes obesity. 
porn does not sexualize young people, quote unquote, too early. Most kids engage in childhood sex play years before they encounter porn. There's no evidence that porn ruins young people for long-term relationships. According to the National Center for Family and Marriage Research, the divorce rate peaked in 1980, years before free internet porn became easily available. Since then, it has steadily declined. And in 2015, a generation after porn flooded the internet, the divorce rate fell to a 40-year low. So scratch that one off. Um... Again, the well-documented association between early porn use and early virginity loss implies that the former contributes to the latter, but not necessarily. Starting in childhood, some people are more sexual than others. Innate sexual precociousness may instigate both porn viewing and early virginity loss. Um, And again, before, just think of this fact for a minute. Before internet porn... Most teens had their first intercourse around the age of 17. That's the age of first losing your virginity. Since porn flooded the internet, guess what? Hasn't changed one bit. In fact, teens are less sexually active now than the pre-internet era. I kid you not. These, this is what the studies are showing. And the age of first intercourse has remained um, pretty consistent for like the last 50 years. So you have, you've got that. Uh, the association between uh, teen porn exposure and sex crimes, also very inconsistent. Many studies show that compared with other men, sex offenders report viewing less porn. Uh, more reasons that teen porn exposure is no cause for alarm A Texas Tech researcher surveyed uh, some college men about porn consumption and attitudes toward women. As their self-reported porn viewing increased, their sexism decreased. Okay. Uh, Scientists at at the university in Croatia surveyed uh, 650 young adult men about their age at first porn exposure and their subsequent sexuality. Early exposure had no effect, was their conclusion. Another conclusion of another big survey, viewing pornography not associated with sexual risk-taking, another one of young adult men. A Swiss survey of over 3,200 teen boys concluded that pornography exposure, either willing or unwilling, is not associated with risky sexual behavior. Two other studies, a Danish one, a Swedish uh, study, showed that while most teens turn to porn for information about the mechanics of sex, at the same time, they do realize it's a cartoon, not a how-to manual, but fantasy. In other words, they recognize the fact that this is um, not real. And uh, again, some porn critics assert that um, adolescent exposure to porn uh, coaxes young men to commit sex crimes. A big study out of UCLA asked pedophile and non-pedophile adolescents about their porn consumption. Compared with other teens, the sex offenders had viewed significantly less porn. Conclusion is teens have actually become more sexually responsible, which is interesting because the far, the, 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 um, all those sites and, and, and organizations that are very anti-porn and what have you cherry pick and will find the one study inconsistent with all the other studies and use that 
to uh, call porn like an epidemic and a social uh, crisis and, and all of that stuff. But the, the vast majority of the research shows that the porn bashers are actually wrong that they have not, that porn has not corrupted adolescents. That doesn't mean that people, some people don't experience problems or get uh, uh, compulsively watch porn, but that is still a very small portion of, uh, of porn watchers. So we got to think about that. This is, uh, this is important. Um, and then there was another, he, he makes the point of looking at, um, does discussing porn with adolescents encourage them to actually uh, view it? And they, two, two studies looked at this, um, and, and, and the answer is, uh, is no. It did, just at, talking to them about it, questions about it, does, did not stimulate the viewing of uh, pornography. So he ends off with this line. There's no need to wring hands over teen porn consumption as that geezer rock band The Who sang more than 50 years ago about a previous generation of teens. The kids are all right. I know many people will uh, not agree with this, but to me it's not about agreeing or disagreeing. It's about looking at the research. So if you want to go and check it out and get all of the, um, the research that he quotes, it's all in the article on psychology today. So if you uh, just uh, Google, does viewing porn corrupt teens, you will find it there. And if you want specifically which research he quotes, go for it. Um, it's important that we get the facts, okay? This is really uh, very important before we... Uh, before there's any kind of, uh, of panic. And one of the reasons why I even brought this up is I also saw an article uh, and the headline was porn deemed a public health crisis by Arizona politicians. So the Arizona state Senate voted to declare pornography, a public health crisis, although no further action is set to be taken. They just wanted to declare it this. The bill states that, quote, pornography perpetuates a sexually toxic environment that damages all areas of our society. And they proceeded to list that potential detrimental effects on pornography users include toxic sexual behaviors, emotional, mental, and medical illnesses, and difficulty forming or maintaining intimate relationships. They have nothing to back this up. Nothing. Not one piece of data to back to back this up. They just say, due to the advances in technology and the universal availability of the internet, children are being exposed to pornography at an alarming rate, leading to low self-esteem, eating disorders, and an increase in problematic sexual activity at ever younger ages. Although the studies do, do not show this, especially if you're talking to kids about um, pornography and sex and you back it up with sex education and you back it up with discussions and make them porn literate. In other words, like media literate where they, where they become critical thinkers of, of what they see. So to go ahead and denounce pornography as a public health crisis, what is that going to do? I'm very curious about that. Like, there, it's not like they're taking any actions with this. Weird. Anyway. Uh, May, the month of May, is uh, Masturbation Month and has been for uh, decades, really, I think. As, as long as I've been doing this show, I think. We've uh, 
it's largely an American thing, but what the hey, it's all over the place. Uh, so there's this new company called Dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A. It's a new, it's a, a woman-led tech company. And basically they developed this iOS app, um, which is, it's like an audio app to arouse you. Say so they have original erotic stories that feature high production values they're relatable and tasteful. Steamy stories are set in Brazil and Joshua Tree, as well as Prospect Park or San Francisco. The app also features sensual meditations and tutorials on topics such as dirty talk, pleasure mapping, and dominance submission play. And you, I guess you subscribe. It's something like $4 a month or something. Um, so this is basically a bunch of women developed this uh, because they wanted to zero in on uh, female pleasure and female sexual well-being. And they know that 90% of women use what's called mental framing to reach orgasm. In other words, they they the context is important for them. So uh, Dipsy kind of closes that gap and offers them some uh, fantasy and and rather than it be visual, it's auditory and it's so it's like reading a book for women, right? Um, more so that that gets the the fantasies going more so than simply just watching something. So they're filling a gap, so to speak. Uh, coming up, we're going to play Dirty Mind, so get ready uh, with your dirty mind, or actually not your dirty mind, to be able to win this. I'll give you a, a few clues, and you get to decide. And the winner, the person who calls in first with the right answer, will get a one-month unlimited pass to uh, 360 Punch, a brand-new uh, like workout boutique, if you want to call it that, Um on the West Island. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about uh, how many people actually identify as bisexual. Why has this gone up? We'll do that. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Time to play Dirty Minds. That means I'm going to give you three clues. The clues, uh, yeah, they're pretty dirty. But if you keep your mind out of the gutter, you will get it. It's easy. It's never easy for me, but it's easy for others. Uh, and the first caller through to get the answer right will win a one-month unlimited pass to 360 Punch, which I think you'll love. I love it there. Uh, it's like a, a workout that includes um, boxing, but it's all-around workout, and it's for any age. Uh, and by the way, for uh, tomorrow and Sunday, if you're a mom, you get to work out for free. Join me. I'll be there uh, tomorrow morning and Sunday morning. So if you want to come do a class with me, I'd love to meet you there. Uh, all right. I'm going to give you um, a couple of clues here. If I'm pointing up, the answer is yes. If I'm pointing down, the answer is no. If you hammer me, I throb. What am I? 514-790-0800 to call in uh, and uh, try to guess. 
All right, I want to get to a text here. When I was young, probably about 14 or less, I used to read the stories that my dad had in a hustler digest in his mattress. <laughs> Isn't that where all parents hid their stuff in the mattress? Um, it was kind of like a reader's digest for hustler, and I found the stories way more interesting than the pictures. I think those stories, those erotic, that erotic writing, like that was the beginning of erotica, right? Those, those hustler, uh, stories and they have quite an impact. So yes, it's something that, uh, I don't know if you're male or female, but for a lot of females, the written word, uh, gets the, uh, the mind going. I, I just look at the impact of, something that just about everybody knows and has heard about, which is the, the books, the, uh, um, uh, now what am I calling? Uh, 50 shades of gray, right? So the 50 shades of gray books were, albeit badly written and they weren't the, the best books in terms of literature. But what I noticed is t- in talking to people, who were reading these books and people of all ages. I spoke to a group of women who were all over 70, had read the books and they were all reporting to me that they were getting horny. They were getting aroused for the first time in a long time, like spontaneously aroused. Their uh, husbands were very happy <laughs> to for their partners to read these books. Like it was having an effect. Uh, so all of this erotic writing, it's just that it was so... It be, they made the, the 50 shades such a popular book. Like you didn't have to go into the pornography section to get it. Uh, you could, you know, they, they were flying off the shelves everywhere. Um, and, and I'm not even sure people knew what they were picking up and reading until they really got into it. And, and then anyway, it's, uh, it was a hit in, in pretty much all age categories. Uh, let's see, does anyone, did anyone get the answer right? Uh, Brian, did anybody get it yet? We yeah, any? we did, Lori. We did. Congratulations to Denny. He just won with the right answer. Do you want to give the answer? Uh, I do. Let me give out the clues and I'll give the answer. If I'm pointing up, the answer is yes. If I'm pointing down, the answer is no. If you hammer me, I throb. And the answer is, Brian, you want What's to up, say Lori? the Sorry. answer? You want to say the answer? <laughs> the answer is thumb. The answer is thumb. You know what? Next time, Brian, you're going to read these. And, and, let, like and you're going to do the sexy yeah, voice, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and I was, no, sorry, I'm still taking calls too, and everybody has been right with this one. Yeah, I, I made it kind of yeah, easy, normally, right? Yeah, normally we get some fun, uh, exciting Different, answers, yeah, exactly. but tonight everybody's been on their on their game. <laughs> okay, well, next time we're going to have you do it and see how see which people prefer, the way you say no it problem. or the way I say it. I'll, I'll, I'll get my voice ready for next week. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, let me, uh, let me get back to some of the studies here. Um, the number of Americans identifying as bisexual has tripled in the last decade, which is very interesting. So they looked at this is uh, they looked at like general social survey data, like a, this really huge uh, database uh, from Gallup and, and all of that. Um, and what they found is that uh, whereas 1.1 percent of Americans identified as bisexual in in 2008, 3.3 did so in uh, 2018. So basically in 10 years, the rate of bisexual identification uh, tripled. 
And not only that, but gay and lesbian individuals used to num used to outnumber bisexuals, but now there are about twice as many self-identified bisexuals as there are self-identified gays and lesbians, which is a uh, quite a change. And much of this was driven largely by uh, women in the in eighteen to thirty four age group. So it was more women that were bisexually identified. So what is this shift? Why is this shift occurring? Um, one of the hypotheses is that there's a big change in attitudes towards sexual minorities and, and towards uh, toward bisexual persons specifically, which has improved. So whereas there was once a stigma, much, uh, much less. So this may make people who have uh, minority identities more likely to come out. Uh, it might also um, be that bisexuals today feel less pressure to pick a side, so to speak, uh, given that more and more people view sexual orientation as a spectrum rather than a dichotomy. So we're seeing more people identify as bisexual than say, you got to pick one, pick one. Um, so it makes a lot of sense. A new study shows how often boys pressure girls for explicit photos. This is an example, another example of why it is so important that we, uh, we, t we do sex education and that we, and that this includes this part, uh, of, uh, this kinds of behaviors are included in any educational program. So a recent study has shown just how common it is for teen boys to coerce or threaten girls into sending nude pictures. An analysis of 500 accounts from 12 to 18 year old girls about negative experiences sexting found that two thirds of them, two thirds of these girls had been asked to provide explicit images and that the requests often progress from promises of affection to anger displays, harassment and threats. This was an article that was published in the New York Times and the, the writer says teenagers are drafted into a sexual culture that rests on a harmful premise. On the heterosexual field, boys typically typically play offense and girls play defense. Most schools and many parents already tell teenagers not to send sexualized selfies. But why don't we also tell adolescents to stop asking for nude photos from one another? So it's like, let's look at those that are creating the pressure. Of course, we want to say, don't do this. Don't engage in, in this kind of risky behavior. But, hey, we should stop this kind of um, harassment, frankly. Uh, the study at Northwestern University found that less than 8% of girls shared explicit pictures because they wanted to. The rest did so because of a desire to please, to acquiesce, or avoid conflict uh, with a boy. While researchers found that both girls and boys send nude photos to one another, boys are nearly four times as likely to pressure girls to do so than the reverse. If the pair was already dating, the idea was often normalized with claims like, well, everyone else has a picture of their girlfriend. And if the girl hesitated, some boys threatened consequences to the relationship. Send it to me or else, right? Or else. 
I want to share a few more of these uh, thoughts and statistics on this, but um, pretty scary. I think it's time we started to talk about this, right? To to tell boys uh, and girls, do not, like, it's not acceptable to ask somebody to send a nude picture. It's a violation. Uh, But it's happening far too often. with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. So let me continue a little bit about the study that shows how often boys pressure girls for explicit photos. What they found was that in some cases, boys also used existing pictures to pressure girls to send more by threatening to broadcast the previous ones. Boys not in relationships also asked girls for pictures, and almost 12% of the stories reported a barrage of requests, meaning the stories from the girls, a barrage of requests from multiple people that left girls feeling that requests for photos are inevitable and unavoidable. You imagine where your teenage uh, girls are thinking this is just normal and so they go along with it because they think everybody's doing it and this is a normal part of it. Uh Uh-uh-uh. They also found that girls seem to have no framework for what to do. While many young women took on the responsibility of negotiating these pressures, they also reported expressing confusion because they had, they lacked the tools uh, to do so. So we need to um, make it clear, parents and schools have to make it clear that these kinds of requests are a violation and girls should be encouraged um, to get help from uh, adults who will protect them from this kind of thing. Like, rat out. you got to rat it out and, and, say, and say something. Um, you got to speak up if we're going to eradicate this and have people um, talk about this a little bit more. So definitely needs to be talked about. Uh, women who use marijuana before sex report... A better orgasms, you betcha. A recent study published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine wanted to find this out. So researchers anonymously surveyed hundreds of women visiting an OBG clinic in Missouri about whether they use marijuana and if so, whether and how it affected their sexual satisfaction, their sex drive, and their orgasm uh, quality. Marijuana users reported some sexual effects. Um, but there are a few caveats to keep in mind when reviewing the results. One is that the exact mechanisms behind why marijuana affects women's sexual functions are unclear. Also, they didn't assess factors such as dosage, timing, like when did they take it, what strain of marijuana was being used, etc. Um, and also, you know, different people have different sensitivity to the drug, uh, so it's going to have a different effect on different people. So clearly more research is needed, but they did find that uh, women who used did report um better orgasms. So right now, there are plenty of research now in Canada that it's legal, that marijuana is legal. They're able to do uh, studies uh, above board, right? You couldn't before. You couldn't give illegal substances uh, to people and then test, like have a control group of those not taking and those taking. Uh, and also now with the studies, they're able to get the, the right dose, right? They're looking at which kind of dose, which part, is it the, uh, the CBD? Is it the other stuff? Like whatever, um, 
So they're picking it apart now. So all the studies are going to be coming out now, which should be really, really interesting. Couple of texts. Women who use marijuana before sex don't report much. They can't remember. <laughs> yeah, no, they do remember. Uh, they're just a whole lot more uh, relaxed. Regarding Hustler Magazine, Reader's Digest version, yes, I was and still am a boy and nothing corrupted me. I've seen worse. Yeah, in talking about the corruption of uh, of teens, right? You're absolutely right about that. Another interesting article, why we choose to remain faithful. We often look at why people cheat, but do we ever look at why most people actually or why people remain faithful? So research suggests that, and this is a wide range, that between 11% and 69% of North Americans in long-term relationships have cheated on their spouse. So regard whatever study, they, they're all different, but it, look at that range from 11% to 69%, right? Um, but there's very little research that looks at the reasons why people remain faithful. Why do people stay Faithful. So this study was done where they interviewed 40 men and women uh, and they asked, you know, why a person might choose not to cheat on their partner. And they compiled all these reasons. They came up with a list of 47 and then they broke those down. They clustered those into uh, eight different groups. So the most important reason why people choose not to cheat is that they are satisfied with their current relationship. People whose partners treated them well, who didn't want to hurt their partner or who didn't want to risk destroying their relationship were the most confident that they would not cheat. Uh, The next most important reason was that cheating would induce feelings of guilt. So it was about guilt. People who didn't want to lie or live a double life, who would feel ashamed or that they had betrayed their partner were strongly against cheating. Uh, then, um, and actually women were more likely than men to report not wanting to cheat because they were satisfied with their relationship and didn't want to feel guilty. Those were the women. The third most important reason was a fear of retaliatory infidelity. In other words, if I cheat, my partner might cheat too. The fourth reason was a lack of provocation or a triggering event. These people said they didn't cheat. The fifth strongest reason was a fear of the partner's reaction should the cheater be caught. The sixth was a fear of public shame, uh, maybe because of social or religious uh, norms prohibiting infidelity. The seventh reason for not cheating was a fear of trouble, such as the uh, discomfort of confessing to the partner or to relatives or friends, or even getting uh, uh, an STI, for example. And finally, the least important reason was fear of social stigma. What a person uh, worried their uh, their wider social group or society would think of them. So I I thought this was very interesting because it is a question we barely ever look at. We just look at, hey, why do people cheat? Not why they don't cheat, right? Uh, And I'm going to finish off with this. The world's sexiest accents. I'm not quite sure who commissioned this, but I'll give you the, there was, uh, the list had like 50, I think, 50 different ones. I, I just picked the top 10. So, um, I'm going to go from, uh, one to 10. The first, which one could you guess is the world's sexiest accent? Um, 
It is the uh, Kiwi accent called the New New Zealand dialect. So there you go. That happens to be the sexiest accent in the world. So it's the New Zealand accent. Um, let's see. Uh, South African was number two. Afrikaans is a hugely popular accent with many people across the globe. Uh, the third most popular was the Irish, an uh, Irish accent. Then came Italian, then, uh, then Australian, then Scottish, French, Spanish, Southern USA came in at number nine and number 10 was Brazilian or Portuguese. I don't think French Canadian made the list at all <laughs> of those 50, but you know, uh, a lot of them were uh, European accents, but okay. So we end on that note. Which one do you think is sexiest? Do you know I have my Siri set to a British guy? That's Siri for me. Uh, somebody says, you have to play the New Zealand accent. I don't even know what the New Zealand... I mix it up with the Australian accent. So next time I'll be more on the ball and we'll get Brian to uh, to find the accent or maybe he can do the accent. I don't know. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. Always love talking to you. Uh, thanks to our technical producer, Brian Calisar, to our passion researcher, Linda DeLisi. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, a fabulous weekend, a wonderful Mother's Day, and remember to live your life with passion. Say love is the answer, so go spread it, little dancer.